All right, today is uh, a fun day as we get to do our second episode of Six Feet Table Talks, Six Foot Table Talks, uh, a uh, fun, uh, lighthearted conversation at a safe distance. And today is an exciting day because uh, we get to have Dr. Ken Harmon on to, to just ask some questions. Dr. Ken uh, was the interim pastor at KC First Baptist uh, and then was the transition pastor in helping uh, the merger of our church um, be a, a, a joyous, um, just a, more, one of the better stories that you can hear about uh, church mergers in our state. So I'm thankful to have you, Dr. Ken. Can you just real briefly, for those that, that don't know you, just give us a quick overview of, uh, of your ministry, who you are, to introduce yourself. All right. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to be here today. Uh, I'm originally from Greenville, South Carolina, uh, married got two grown children, five grandchildren. Uh, I've been a pastor since 1971. And uh, it just, you know, God called me when I was uh, what, what we called uh, junior high at that time, be middle school today. And I've just been, you know, trying to follow him ever since. And I've just been grateful for the opportunity to, to, to be a servant and a follower of the Lord Jesus. All right. Um, so you are from the upstate. Correct. Okay, so this yeah. is an important question. Are you are you are you a gamecock or are you a tiger? Uh, since I've lived in the Midlands so long, I'm both. <laughs> my my daughter-in-law went to uh, Clemson. My son-in-law went to Carolina. So yeah, we have to be neutral. Okay, I don't know if that's acceptable or not, but. <laughs> but I went that, to Furman, by the way. So there you yeah. go. There you go. You can you can you can play both sides. Yeah. All right. So uh, tell us a little bit about. What led you to be the interim here uh, at Casey First before this all came together? After I had retired, I was pastor for 30 years at First Baptist Newberry and retired from there, but I knew I wasn't supposed to be fully retired. So I took some transitional pastor training, and I'd, I'd been transitional pastor at a couple of churches, and I'd been several months after the second one, and in fact, it'd been over a year, and I was beginning to enjoy just doing nothing for a while. And uh, the, the, but I was still attending church, and one Sunday morning, the pastor where I was attending church preached on the passage in Genesis where God tells Abraham to sacrifice his only son Isaac, or his most beloved son Isaac. And the uh, question that the pastor asked is, "What is God calling you to sacrifice?" And I just felt like the Spirit was leading me to say, "Lord, I need to sacrifice my retirement." And so I, ju- I just put it in your hands, and you do with me what you want to do. And uh, the, I didn't know that that Sunday, but the s- day before that Saturday, the interim pastor at Casey First Baptist had suddenly died. And on Monday, the very next day after, uh, Johnny Rumball, who was the uh, executive director of missions for the Lexington Baptist Association, called me and asked me if I would preach for them a couple of Sundays, uh, for First Baptist Casey for a couple of Sundays. And uh, I knew right then that's where God was calling me. And I came here and I preached a couple of Sundays and the congregation felt led in the same way. And so I, I came here as interim pastor. All right. So they hooked you in for a few Sundays. They took me in for a few Sundays, yeah. <laughs> and then they got you for longer. Good. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you have used a few different terms. I know just in the conversations that we've had over the past um, nine months of all of this, you've used interim pastor, uh, transitional pastor, 
and renewal pastor. And, and there seems to be some differences. Walk me through a little bit of what, um, you know, why you went from being interim to a transitional pastor to eventually landing on renewal pastor. Okay. The, uh, <clears throat> as, as I just said, I felt like I was being called after retirement full-time to be a transitional pastor. An interim pastor is a pastor that basically comes in, preaches sermons, visits the sick, and keeps the church kind of going until the church calls a new pastor. A transitional pastor is one who helps the church that has just you know, lost a pastor to uh, figure out, okay, who are we? Has God used us in the past? What is he saying to us now? Where does he want us to go in the future? And once they begin to put that together, then they are in a better position to call a pastor who will fit in with who they are. So that, that, that's kind of the difference between just an interim and a transitional interim. And I, th- and I think probably most Baptists would get that, but because I didn't yeah. grow up Baptist, right. interim, transitional, yeah. um, those are those are foreign terms for me and some others. But all right, so walk me through what I, I, th- I think renewal pastor is is a different. Newer pastor is different. After I'd been here for a couple of weeks, I realized that this church didn't need a transitional pastor, that they were, you know, on a very steep downhill trajectory, and that something unless something drastic was done, that this church was going to cease to exist. And so I realized they needed a a different kind of pastor, what we would call a renewal pastor, or what some people call a renewal pastor. It's amazing how God has worked in this because he, during that, you know, while I was going through this, you know, just beginning to come here, I was also working with our association at a program that they have for older pastors to mentor younger pastors. And in doing that, we were reading books on church renewal and then, you know, discussing them with the people that we were mentors to. And so I was learning about what a renewal pastor is. And there's several different ways you can renew a church, and, you know, there are different terms for it. But basically, it's, okay, this church is, you know, going on the way down. How can we stop that and get it to start flourishing again in, in one way or another? And there are several different ways of that. So I, I realized pretty quick that this church was going to need a renewal pastor and began working here, you know, with that in mind. Gotcha. Well, I, I, I appreciate that. I, I have appreciated your willingness to even and just invest in us as younger pastors because there, there are four of us, and we're all, you know, 31, 32. <laughs> What could possibly go wrong with four younger pastors, <laughs> right? Um, and it's just, yeah, even to have your mentorship and, and helping us through this process has been incredible. Um, so how, how would you say that you see God working in the whole in, in this whole renewal process, this whole union process? What, what has been some unique things that you've seen? I, I think the, the first thing was I felt like he was leading me here. And uh, since I had been a transitional pastor, I had some skills from that particular work that can be used to help churches in renewal. And so I, w- I was able to incorporate those. And the fact that, you know, I was involved with this renewal training with other pastors before, you know, I, I even got involved in this process, that you know, God had a hand in all of that. Uh, another way that I see him working <clears throat> is that when I hadn't been here too long. I decided that we as a church had to find out what God's will f- was for us. That <clears throat> we just couldn't copy what somebody else was doing. Uh, we couldn't, you know, we, we, we needed to say, God, what do you want 
from First Baptist Church of Casey. So we had 100 days of prayer, and we had you know numerous prayer groups and uh, small groups, four or five people in each group, and they seriously prayed for three months, basically, God, where are you leading us? Then after that time, uh, after that devotion to prayer, we were able to you know, begin to get a grasp of where, where God wanted us to go. I, I think uh, the, that, was, that was a very imp important part of this whole process, you know, that, that God had worked calling me here. He was at work in this congregation. At the uh, same time, God was working in uh, Mill City Church. You know, th th he had called that church into being, started out with what, I, I think eight people. And, you know, in six or seven years, when we were beginning to talk about this, you, you were running over a hundred. And uh, it was just evident to me that God's hand was on that church and that he was working with you young pastors. And uh, you impressed me very much, you know, as all, all four of you did. I could tell you were devoted to the Lord. You wanted to follow what the Bible says about a church. You were serious about growing churches, starting new churches, shepherding new believers, helping them to be become disciples of Jesus. And uh, that, I, I saw God's hand in that. And I saw it in the fact that all of you were open to a union between yourselves and, a, and another church. And uh, that's, that's pretty unusual. Gotcha. Well, that, that certainly is humbling coming from you. And, yeah. and I'll also just say that, uh, that you can be honest today that you know, Chet isn't here. So if three of us impressed you and one of us uh, uh, didn't impress you, it's fine. He's not here. <laughs> He's he, not here. He I may or may not listen him. to this. It's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, even in how you describe that of uh, the church praying for three months, I think one of the things that, that caught us completely off guard when we first started the conversation was how ready uh, this church was for renewal, how ready this church was for, for a younger church with younger pastors to come in uh, and start a conversation of what it means to be um, uh, one church together. And, and the reality is, is that when all this started, we started reading books on, on church mergers. On uh, We started listening to, to, to pastors who had gone through it. You were probably and, reading some of the same stuff I was. Yeah, and a lot of it's really like, this could go bad. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of it is, here are all the bad stories, and here are all the bad things you can do, um, and, and then here's a small glimmer of hope. So when we came into it, we had, all right, so there's a lot of things that could really go wrong here, but I think what you just said is what made this go so well, is that um, this church was praying for three months. They felt led by the Holy Spirit, um, along with you being led by the Holy Spirit to even come and be a part of this church to, to, to bring renewal, that the, the ground was fertile for it. And, it, it, and that's why it was a little bit more organic, the whole process, because it was being guided through prayers, being guided by the Holy Spirit. And it wasn't this forcing together of two different organizations, two different churches. I mean, it, it, that, you know, uh, even, even to hear you say that and to think through it, it's like, no, that's a big part of it. That's what made this so much, um, so, so beautiful and so good, uh, is, is all the work that went into it beforehand. I think um, so. And I think also, see, so you... You four guys and your church had been praying about this, mm -hmm. and you, you'd been praying about 
what are we going to do about, do we need to buy land? Do we need to find a building? Because you, you were meeting in a school, and you knew that eventually, you know, you're going to need your own place. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, God just took all of those prayers and yeah. blended them together. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> that makes me remember. That makes me remember. I remember when, when Chet got the call, he was in the office next to me, and he came down to my office, and he said, hey, I got a call from Johnny Rumbo that um, the, the, uh, this church— uh, Casey First Baptist, right in the heart of Casey, wants to have a conversation about renewal. And I just remember my immediate response was like, no. <laughs> no, we're good. Um, and, and the well, reason— That's usually your immediate response. <laughs> <laughs> but my, that, because we had a plan, right? We, we had said, this is kind of the zone we want to be in. Um, and I just shot it down immediately. And Chet kind of walked out of the office a little bit discouraged. He's like, oh, okay. I mean, because we kind of operate on, we know we do. And then I, it took a few hours, and I was like, that's not maturity. You don't just say no to things. Um, so I started praying, and then that's when God started working my heart and each all four of his heart, our hearts. And, and so, yeah, prayer is a big part of that. So yeah. it is, is seeking where the Lord wants to go. And when you do that, some pretty amazing things happen right. um, that can come out of it. All right, so... Uh, what are you optimistic about uh, for the future of Mill City Church of Casey? Oh, 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 oh. Let, me, let me double back. I skipped skip the question. Uh, what was it about Casey first that led them to a union uh, that many churches would reject? And then the follow-up to that would be, what are you optimistic about us all together going forward? Okay. Uh, Casey First Baptist was unique in some ways, or the majority of the congregation was. First of all, they realized where they were headed. You know that that it was downhill, and that you know it it was looking bad for the church. Dear devoted people, most of them elderly, you know, most of them knowing that you know when we're gone, what's going to be left here. They took seriously the fact that this church was going to die instead of trying to, to whitewash it and make it look good and pretend that everything was going to be all right. Another thing unique about them is that they they rejected simplistic solutions. When a lot of churches get in in a, in a difficult situation, you know, it's either you know get rid of the pastor we've got and get a new one, or if they're without a pastor, if we just find the right pastor, then everything's going to be okay. And there's so much more, as you well know, you know, involved in that. And so, you know, they were unique in that. Then their prayer life. You know, and willing to devote themselves to prayer and sincerely seek, you know, what, what God wanted. Uh, they would be open to it. Something else that had happened over several years, you know, before my coming here, the, the pastor that passed away suddenly had been the interim for, I, I think, about six years. So, it, you know, the church hadn't had a full-time pastor in a good while. They had lost all of their staff except, you know, the pastor, interim pastor, and a, and a volunteer secretary. Uh, all of the programs had gone away. Uh, all of the committees were gone. Uh, they didn't have deacons anymore. They, they had one group that kind of functioned as a finance committee and, and bring recommendations to the church, which in a sense made it easier for the church to let go of what was to come to something new. Because sometimes a person's been a deacon, a person's been a Sunday school teacher, a person's been a head chairman of a committee, that's their turf. And they don't want to give up their turf, you know. And so they, they, they're not willing to accept drastic change. This church didn't have that. And so it was really easier for them to accept drastic change. Yeah. Uh, they did something else. They, they elected a renewal team. Okay. 
and back, you know, they, they elected people that were really open to what, where God was leading, and they kept them in their prayers, which made a tremendous difference for, for my side of it in this whole process. And I would say that the most unique thing about this church is that the majority of members were willing to give up their personal preferences so that they could follow the will of God. And uh, it, it, uh, there's an old hymn we sing, Wherever He Leads I'll Go. Oh, and if you, you know, the, I know the, the Baptists listening to us, <laughs> long-time Baptists would probably know it, but wherever He leads I'll, I'll go, wherever He leads I'll go. I'll follow my Christ who loves me so, wherever He leads I go. A lot of churches sing it. This church was really willing to do it. Yeah, and we saw that the moment. I mean, yeah. so when we first met with the renewal team, yeah, and it just it, it just was apparent. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh no, they're, they're hungry for this. They want yeah. to see this building filled with 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 young families again. Right. They want to see yeah. this this part of the city reached mm-hmm. with the gospel and just and, it, you know and just continuing to meet and continuing to see that and then and then to meet the people who are praying for that renewal team, yeah. the members of this church that, been, that were praying, that mm. were longing for this. One of the things, well, there's a verse of Scripture. Jesus said this. He said, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. This congregation was willing to die to what they were so that they could become something that would bear much fruit. And uh, that's unusual in churches. But that was just the Lord at work. That, that, that's just a tremendous indication to me that God was here and working in this whole process. Yeah. Yeah, the, 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 um, the humility that was on display throughout the entire process, it just, I, I don't think it'll, I'll ever forget. Just, I mean, just the, the, there is example, story after story of how that, that showed up that I think you were correct that made this, uh, this congregation uh, unique and ready for this. All right, so back to the question that I jumped ahead to. What make, why are you optimistic about the future of Mill City Church of Casey? Uh, for one thing, I believe it's God's brought us together. As we've just been talking about all of the things that he orchestrated that, that enabled us to, to come to this union. And uh, it's, it's, you know, he's the one that's in this. Before we got where we couldn't meet together and we're meeting together as a united congregation, uh, things were going well. You know, people were attending from both churches. They were getting to know one another. They, they respected one another. They, they did. It was the, the process was starting off really well. Yeah. <laughs> um, people ask, hey, so, you know, how's the, how's the, the merger going? How's your church going? I'm like, man, I tell you what, at the beginning of the year, we were hitting, we were hitting our stride. We were, yeah. <laughs> things were going great, and and now we're in adapting mode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> coronavirus is kind of like a, it, it causes us to shift a little bit, which we'll get back to hitting our stride. But yeah, yeah. It, that's exactly right. We were hitting our stride until, um, until until we had to adapt with all the right. pandemic. So, but I, but you know, I, I see that you know that it, it was beginning to work. Uh, I'm encouraged because of you young guys. Uh, are devoted to the Lord, on the same page with one another, cooperate to one another really well, uh, and have the same uh, vision of what Mill City Church of Case is supposed to be and what it's supposed to do in this community. 
And uh, I think that bodes well, you know, for the future because I'd, I've gotten to know you well enough to know, all four of you, that, you know, you're serious about this and you're, you know, you're going to make it work. And uh, that's, that, that means a, a whole lot. And at the, the other part of that is that having an elder-led congregation working with community groups is a very good way to reach young adults in today's culture. And so I, I see that as a tremendous positive because you know, what you're doing is reaching the people that a lot of traditional churches aren't reaching. And that's, again, that's just God at work. And then maybe most of all, uh, why I think this church is going to, you know, has a, a good outlook, we can be optimistic about its future, is uh, what Paul wrote to the Philippians and said, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. Jesus started us on this way, and he's going to keep us on this way. Amen. All right, so close out with this. Uh, what wisdom would you give us for the road ahead? One of the things that the church says over is that Jesus is better than everything else. Mm-hmm. Keep that in mind. Keep following him. Uh, keep being devoted to him. Uh, keep living a sacrificial lifestyle so that you're willing to share your faith with others and you're willing to minister to others and meet their needs in his name. Uh, I think that's the, that's the most important thing. The second thing is how you relate to one another. You know, you can keep loving each other, forgive each other, be patient with each other, uh, help each other, encourage each other, cooperate with each other. Mm. You know, and so it'll make it work. Uh, pray for each other. And uh, if, you know, if, you're, if you're a member of the church, you pray for your pastors and, you know, Keep them in your prayers. They, they are open. If you've got an issue, come to them. You know, they're going to hear you out. Uh, then one other thing you know, I'd like to share is that uh, th- this whole process has just been a complete excitement to me. <laughs> you know, it, it, it was, you know, it, to, to be in the midst of something that God evidently was working in and to working... You know, with young guys like like you four guys, that's been a lot of fun. You know, <laughs> even when I didn't get all your jokes on the side, <laughs> but thoroughly enjoyed it. Enjoyed your, your devotion and, uh, and all of that. Uh, it, I've enjoyed being a part of of so many young believers that are excited about their faith mm-hmm. and beginning to grow in it. Yeah. And that that's been exciting. And I have really been blessed by having been part of the the former. First Baptist Church of Casey, because their members were willing to put their personal preferences aside mm-hmm. to do mm-hmm. God's will. And to, to see that is just so humbling yeah. and just so encouraging and to, to see believers do that. I would make one request that the people listening to this pray for me, that God would you know, show me where he wants me to serve and when he calls me there to give me the power yeah. to do what he wants to do. Yeah, and, and for those that may not know, Dr. Ken is staying on as a member. Um, he transitioned off as a, as a pastor in uh, the be- at the end of March, and he stayed on as a member, and this is their church home uh, until God calls them elsewhere to continue uh, this work. Uh, there's a pastor, uh, uh, John Piper, who uh, had a sermon, then wrote a book, uh, and then really just it's been one of 
his core teachings on don't don't waste your life. And what he's getting at is is not wasting. Uh, uh, using your life for the glory of God and to see the mission and the kingdom of God advance even into and through retirement. I mean, he says, don't, he just has a whole thing on don't, don't waste your retirement. Yeah. Um, and I can say very, very confidently that Dr. Ken, you are, um, you're not wasting your retirement. You're using it for the glory of God and, and, and what the fruit that is, that is, that will uh, be, that will, that will come to fruition because of everything that has happened um, is, uh, you know, a big part of that is, is you being willing uh, to come here and, 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 um, and see this work through. So we're thankful for you. We love you. And, uh, and, and I'm glad we got to sit down today. Yeah, this, just, has been, this has been yeah. neat. I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. That's it. All right. Thank you.